You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. We've got a great uh, tech show for you today. Lots to uh, talk about. Later on in the program, we'll be hearing from the uh, folks over at Home 8. This is kind of a, a cool company that uh, makes uh, technology care products for uh, the elderly. Yes, it's elderly care, high-tech products to, to ensure that... Uh, they are safe when they want their independence, but then maybe their loved ones want to keep an eye on them. So we're going to learn about this company. And also, they have an automatic video-verified medication dispensing system so that you always know that you take your medication and that you never miss a dose and you never take two doses. So we'll learn about well, that. That's important. Like, as you get older, uh, you start finding that you've got all sorts of pills to take for different things. You know, I look at my parents and... Oh my God, I've never seen so many pills. I know, and it can be and very, very difficult. Yeah. Because sometimes you might miss a dose, but some other times you might have taken one and taken it again. Say if you're suffering from dementia or you're getting more forgetful, this is a great system because it makes it foolproof. Not only does it tell you when to take your medications, but there's a video camera that can actually see from the other side. Say if you're, you have an elderly parent, you can make sure that they take their medication. If they miss, you can contact them to remind them. I only have one pill a day, and I forget. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. I'm, uh, I think I'll probably be in the market for this down the road. Uh, we will also uh, be chatting with uh, the Honorable Amrik Verk, Minister of Technology, Innovation, and Citizen Services uh, for BC, talking about the BC Tech Summit that just happened. Really cool stuff uh, that was uh, showcased there. So we'll uh, be chatting with him about... Uh, all that went down with that. Uh, interesting stuff in the news this week. Uh, drones, Andy. Some new drone rules, which make them almost unflyable anywhere. <laughs> you know what? I was reading this, Mike, all the different rules, and I was like, oh, great. You really can't fly a drone anywhere unless you're way out in the boonies. Uh, essentially, that's what these new regulations say. So, uh, you know, obviously... We want our skies to be safe. We don't want any drones uh, crashing into airplanes uh, or, or buildings or people uh, or cars. Uh, so some of these uh, new rules, I guess, were meant to address some of that. Uh, the big thing is you can't be within nine kilometers of a, uh, a working airport. That's which, right. Which is kind of tough when you think about uh, different areas. For example, in the lower mainland here uh, or even in you know the greater Toronto and, and parts of Calgary, there are little airports everywhere. Like yeah. we think about the big you know, international ones, but you know, here in, in the lower mainland, uh, there's Boundary Bay Airport, uh, there's Langley Airport, there's Chilliwack Airport. Uh, it's almost like you're always nine kilometers within uh, range. Let's put it this way. If you have a drone in Victoria, you can't fly it anymore because no. of all the float planes. And oh Victoria is not that large. <laughs> so it, I was looking on Twitter and all these journalists were mapping out where you couldn't fly a plane. Yeah. And it's pretty like any any major area now or if you're on the coast, you, you basically won't be able to fly it. So some other rules uh, that they laid out, uh, if the drone is more than 250 grams, a uh, quarter of a kilogram, uh, which, you know, pretty well most of the, the cool drones, like the DJI, DJI's, the, Phantom, uh, yeah. the Phantoms, uh, GoPro, they have their uh, Mavic, I believe, uh, as well, uh, Parrot with their Bebop drones. Uh, you can't fly that within 75 meters of a building, uh, people, animals, cars. That's, again, very difficult because, you know, in urban areas, you're always, you know, within that range of, of those uh, types of uh, things. You also have to have your name and address on the drone as well. That's case. smart. That is smart. I, I think that's smart. Uh, and it can never be more than 500 meters away from you. And you can't fly it at night or in clouds or anywhere you can't see it. 
even though that so they have you can't fly it anywhere. Essentially, yeah. yeah. Weird, eh? Well, you know what they should have said, Mike. They said what you can't do. They should have said at least here's where you can fly drones because <laughs> really now it's so it's, hard. There's one little spot in mission. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, so you know this doesn't affect a lot of these toy drones, um, you know that are smaller, uh, but. You know, it's it's the bigger ones that are kind of funner to fly. No, the other the question, cameras. the other question is, how do you enforce this? Because one of the rules is you can't fly it higher than ninety meters. So who's who's going to tell you that you were higher than ninety meters, or you were ninety-two meters, or ninety-five meters? Well, from what I understand, uh, the RCMP commented on this. It's not like they're going to go out searching for drones. Uh, they're just going to basically uh, respond to any uh, calls about them. So you know, if you feel that there's a drone. Uh, misbehaving, uh, you can call 911. And is 911 going to be inundated with drone calls now? Exactly. <laughs> Probably for the first little bit. But the one, the one rule that really bugs me the most is we're within 75 meters of buildings, vehicles, vessels, animals, or people. Yeah. Because you could be in a park and someone could be walking their dog, and you're not allowed to fly a drone because you're too close. Yeah. So you have to be like a loner who's out in the boonies in mission. Yeah. By yourself, <laughs> and then you can fly it. Yeah. So I don't know what this is gonna ha- what's gonna happen to the industry. Are we gonna see well, sales of drones go down? Or are we just gonna see they, people yeah, breaking breaking yeah, the law? Yeah, drones are gonna go down sales uh, of them. Uh, but I don't know. Is that a good thing, Andy? Like maybe some people shouldn't have these things. No, and that's the problem. It's not the drone. It's the operators of the drone that have created this. Because if you if people were taking the proper courses, and there are a lot of different programs you can take now to operate drones, we wouldn't have this problem. It's those guys who buy it and they break the law they they go downtown and they start flying it they made the entire industry suffer with these new regulations another uh, disturbing story here andy uh, a a gamer uh that was doing a gaming marathon i think 24 hours long i think 22 hours into it uh, this 35 year old father of three from virginia down in the u.s uh took a cigarette break and after 22 hours after 22 hours of straight video gaming and died and he died We've heard these stories before. Uh, back in 2015, there was a gentleman in Shanghai. In 2013, another one uh, in uh, Taiwan. And again, these are these gaming marathoners. They basically sit in front of their computer screen for hours and hours, sometimes 24 hours, sometimes uh, you know, two days straight yeah. playing these games. Uh, there's a, a website called Twitch, I believe uh, owned by Amazon now. Uh, 10, million, 10 million people a day visit this site to watch people play video games yeah and that's what twitch is basically you have a camera facing you as you're playing these video games and people watch you and your reactions as you're playing these games and the reason why these guys are doing these marathons mike is they're live streaming it they're building this audience but if they leave their audience goes away but they get paid for this because people are donating money if, if they're good and that's what the problem is is they are marathoning because they're making money and now we can say if you game too long, it will kill you. Literally, people are dying because they're going for these marathon gaming, uh, you know, live streaming sessions. Well, one uh, one guy uh, in this article uh, that we came across uh, up on the BBC website uh, claimed that he got type two diabetes from this. I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, well, you know, there, there's way. obviously health risks of sitting in front of a computer screen for twenty four hours straight. Let's put it this way, Mike. Gamers don't typically live healthy lifestyles. No. They're, they're having energy drinks. Some of them are even taking stimulant <sighs> drugs so that they stay up, right? And 
what happens is, and they don't have a good diet. We we know that they they probably have a heavy sugar, say caffeine, um, probably lack of vegetables in their diet because they're gaming <laughs> nonstop. Yeah, and of course they're going to get type two diabetes. That's and they're sedentary. They're sitting for hours and hours on end. It's not healthy, and unfortunately, they're making money doing this. Gaming can be very addictive. They already have rehab centers in like South Korea for people to get off gaming. This is, and it's a multi-billion-dollar industry. Like esports is is the fastest-growing sport right now. We're gonna have to take a break. When we come back, we've uh, got uh, the minister uh, here in BC. His name is Amrik Verk, Minister of Technology, Innovation, and Citizen Services, to talk about uh, the BC Tech Summit that uh, just happened. So, some really exciting innovations uh, were. Uh, showcase there and some uh, exciting numbers of uh, how the technology industry is really uh, growing in the province. You're listening to Get Connected. We'll be back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here in studio. We're broadcasting live uh, across uh, Canada. We've uh, got a great show still going here. Later on, we'll uh, be talking with the folks over at Home 8 about uh, tech products to help you look after your elderly uh, parents. There's some really cool stuff, so you want to stay tuned for that. This week here, uh, Andy and I had uh, the great opportunity to visit the BC Tech Summit. Uh, I visited it last year, Andy, which I thought it was amazing then. It has, like, grown, and it was fantastic. It was the second annual BC Tech, and you wouldn't have known just how well it was run. It was amazing. It was sold out as well. I think over 3,000 delegates registered. Uh, There's over 300 BC companies, organizations, and post-secondary institutions uh, that uh, were uh, on display there with uh, different uh, innovations. On the line right now uh, to chat about it, we've got the Honorable Amrik Verk. He's the Minister of Technology, Innovation, and Citizen Services. Thanks for joining us on the show today, uh, Minister Verk. Well, good morning, Andy, and uh, good morning, Mike, and good morning to all your, your tech listeners all across the country. Uh, that that was a fantastic show. Uh, you know, I was uh, had the opportunity to MC. I think the second uh, day in the morning there. Uh, why is the technology industry so important for British Columbia, uh, Minister Verk? Well, it's it's all about the, the next generation and the current generation to show that we uh, we're, we're a province that's thinking about how do you future proof the next generation. How can you add value right here? How do you move towards a knowledge-based economy? It's, it's accentuating how strong tech is, and yet a lot of people don't know how strong tech is in BC. Well, I, you know, I, I got a chance to see you speak, and you, you brought up some uh, great points about uh, how it was important uh, for us to diversify our economy as well. Well, absolutely. You know, you look at tech right now, you take oil, forestry, and, and mining, and you put it all together, and tech employs more people than that right now. So it is so strong in the province already. Well, I, th- I think that's important. I think for the longest time, uh, you know, BC was thought of uh, as a resource-based economy. So obviously, the more we can diversify into these other industries, uh, the better it is for uh, all of us. What were some of the highlights uh, for you? Well, you know, it's, it's accentuating made in BC technology. It's the fact that quantum computing, the world leader isn't somewhere else the other side of the planet. It's right here in our own backyard that's going to revolutionize how, how we do quantum computing and how that's going to change things. It's augmented reality, virtual reality. It's clean tech. So there's a number of different verticals that we have the opportunity to plant the flag that uh, we're not Canadian leaders. We could be world leaders in some of these areas. I think, uh, Minister, one of the uh, big opportunities for BC and Canada in general is with the current U.S. political climate, a lot of people, especially very highly um, educated and tech executives, want to come to Canada. And you guys are making it easier for them to, to come down here and open up as startups and 
join other big companies over here? Yes, uh, absolutely. And there's several different paths towards that. One is, uh, you know, we lobbied uh, quite aggressively with the federal government that we were the one province uh, that's growing that needed new talent. So the new global uh, uh, skills entry program that's going to give 14 to 21 days turnaround, our own provincial nominee program. So we need multiplier immigrants, the ones that come here and they create eight or ten jobs around them. So huge need. We have we have more jobs than people today. It's a great problem to have. Uh, Andy, what were some of the highlights for you? I, you know, I was down there and on the on the floor, the the marketplace they call it. There was some really cool uh, booths and, and tables just demonstrating some of the uh, you know the innovations from a lot of these BC uh, companies. Well, well, what really impressed me as was on day two, we saw all these high school students uh, at the summit, and they yeah, were there was just, a lot of them. They and they were having a great time. They were playing with these robots, having little competitions. Uh, Minister, why did you guys decide? to include students into a big tech show where you have all these other companies? Well, it's the same thing we did with last year. It's about exposure to, and these were kids, half of them were from, you know, Victoria, the whole island, the interior, and the north. It's to expose that there's incredible career opportunities right here at home. They can go to university right here. They don't have to leave. They can be part of a company. You know, the next generation, uh, you know, they want to change the world and to show them that they can change the world from right here. And that's, that's the excitement, that chatter of children, that excitement that uh, you and I saw that second day. It was interesting as well. Uh, obviously, it's great to have all these uh, BC companies, uh, you know, showcase uh, their products and services. Uh, but uh, part of the BC Tech Summit was also lining up a, a lot of these companies with uh, investors as well to help them grow. Yeah, and it's, it's all about taking the small company to make it medium, take the medium to large, and make the large international. So we had, you know, we had the Dragon's Den type of thing, where, where companies were pitching, and we had venture capitalists from around the world that wanted to hear BC ideas. It's about uh, incorporating small tech companies and how we can bring them into government with our startup and, and residence program that we also announced. So it's all about let's let you grow big and let you stay home. I think another great thing that was done uh, last year and this year again was TechFest. Maybe you can describe to our listeners what TechFest is and why you incorporated that as part of the BC Tech Summit. Well, absolutely. You know, we first of all, this is all about the next generation. So we wanted to showcase BC's tech talent. But at the same time, how do you allow opportunities for young people who are looking for career opportunities and mash them with companies that are looking for them? So, you know, this is a part of, of, of last year's summit and this year's and something we're going to continue to do. It's a job fair. How do we connect the seeker and the buyer and put them together in one fabulous location? Well, it's so amazing. You know, BC uh, has had some great success stories. Uh, you know, Hootsuite, uh, there's Slack, uh, Plenty of Fish. Uh, Kickstarter well. just opened up an office over here yeah, as well. Yeah, so obviously, uh, you know, we're uh, on, on the map now. And, uh, you know, to your point, uh, Minister Verka, uh, it's uh, the, the jobs are, are good-paying jobs. These aren't cheap entry-level jobs. No, absolutely not. The The average wage is 75% higher than the, the average industrial base in the province. So uh, these are, are, are jobs for our generation. They don't have to leave here. And they're not only in, in, in the lower mainland. They're in Kelowna. They're in Kamloops. They're in Prince George. Uh, uh, they're on the island. If you look in Victoria, we have more tech workers than government workers. How fabulous is that? That's great. <laughs> uh, do you know what I like, though, too, is that it just wasn't all, uh, you know, fairy dust uh, and, and sugar-coated. Uh, you know, there was a lot of panels really trying to uh, discuss some of the, the challenges uh, that uh, are uh, involved with the tech industry. And, and even things like, uh, you know, living in Vancouver, obviously, is very expensive here. But, you know, they had panels trying to address, you know, what could be done about that as well. 
Well, absolutely. This is indeed about reality, about, you know, what are the challenges? And, you know, our tech strategies are listening to the sector. What's going to help you grow? What are your obstacles? How can we get around your obstacles together? So when, when we design this tech strategy, it is a reflection of exactly what all those young truckers want, uh, tech workers want. It's about talent development. It's about venture capital. It's about market access. So you've seen that in all the breakouts uh, that, that, that uh, both of you may have seen. Fantastic. I want to thank you uh, for joining us today and uh, looking forward to the third annual Tech Summit. Well, it'll be bigger, better, bolder, and by then you'll see our <laughs> 106,000 grow to even a bigger and larger potent force in this province. And, and thank you very much to all your listeners for tuning in as well. That was the Honourable Amrik Verk, Minister of Technology, Innovation and Citizen Services uh, for the Government of uh, BC, talking about the BC Tech Summit. I'm, I'm excited about next year. Like, I, I was frankly blown away. I go to a lot of these tech shows, you know, the Consumer Electronics Show, obviously one of the biggest ones in the world down in Vegas every year. Uh, but this one was kind of exciting because it was homegrown and there was a lot of a lot of cool stuff. It was right in our backyard. Typically we were we would travel to other cities like Las Vegas to yep. see all this tech, but to see this grow and we saw it even bigger from last year right in our backyard it was fantastic. There's some great companies coming out of uh, Vancouver and in Canada in general. We still got lots to talk about on today's program. Later on, we'll be going open line, taking your tech calls and questions. Uh, as always, love to hear from you. Uh, if you need buying advice uh, for gadgets, uh, we can help you out with that uh, as well. And we'll be talking with the folks over at Home 8, uh, a company that makes some really uh, cool technology for the elderly to help uh, with uh, uh, medication and uh, alarms uh, as well. We'll be back after this. Stay tuned. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. we still got a lot to talk about on today's program. Later on, we'll be going open line, taking your tech calls and questions. Uh, I want to switch gears here, talk about technology for the elderly. On the line uh, right now, we've uh, got uh, a great guest, Jorg uh, 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 Perdoma, uh, Senior Vice President, Corporate Strategy and Development at Home 8. Uh, sorry, did I get your name right? Yeah, that's that is George Perdomo uh, from uh, and Mivatech. Perfect. Well, tell tell us a little bit about uh, Homemade first before we talk about some of the, uh, the the technology you guys have. Yeah, thanks for asking. Yeah, Homemade. Um, it's it's really I believe a state of the art company that really not leveraging on complexity, but really exemplifying on ease of use, simple to use, simple to install. It's really a collaborative. Uh, tool to help and assist the the elderly or those active seniors that want independence at home. Um, so they have kind of a you know safety net in the event that there's any um, issue that they want their family members, friends, neighbors, or even caregivers to get notified in the event that there's a uh, you know particular event or issue that may be coming about. And uh, really, it's, it's all about connecting and, and the whole ecosystem and social network of utilizing technology to bring safety, security, and peace of mind, you know, one umbrella. Well, I love the fact that you, you Homemade has the Homemade Care, which is primarily catered to the elderly market. How, how big is this market, and why did you guys decide to, to be very specific to, to target that specific demographic? Oh, sure. I mean, the market is really untapped. Um, if we go back in history, you know, individuals born between 1946 and 1964, they're pretty much um, classified as the baby boomers. 
And um, if we look at some of the statistics that we've seen in the marketplace from 1946 to 1964, there's approximately 77 million people. And that, you know, is a significant amount of individuals that are coming into their golden when they're really enjoying life, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, all the stress in their life is, is past, is behind them, and they really should be enjoying their life and freedom and, and ultimately communication and using technology so they can enjoy um, their, you know, their years ahead. One of the products that really got me excited, George, is you have this, this product called the medication dispenser. Tell our listeners a little bit about that and what it does. Sure. Well, thank you. The medical dispenser is one of, like, I would say four kits that we, we offer. And, and let me let me start off with just giving you kind of high level before we jump too far into just the medication. But we have, you know, uh, a panic button. We have the fall, um, all, fall detection means we have an activity. And then more importantly, we do have the medication pill dispenser where, you know, in combination with even activating it with a camera, it really ensures that you know, medication, the adherence um, programs that individuals are really, you know, catered to follow. The medication pill reminder is an ease of use device. Our system, our cloud-based system with the use in conjunction of applications are able to set uh, schedules and automations and notifications where the individual um, from an end user perspective gets a beep, a tone from the pill dispensers to, for a reminder to, 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 you know, consume their medication. And we really have a really good system. The, the pill dispenser is, is a lockable kind of tray. You preset the medication within an individual slot, so it really reduces the chances of overdosing, which is one of the concerns in, in senior population. Some, some folks forget, well, when did I last take this pill? And then they take the same medication twice within a very close period of time. So it really controls, it's really used to really ease the concern on, on taking medication and remembering when you're supposed to take it. And I understand you also equip it with a video camera. So if you are trying to make sure your loved one is taking their medication or not taking it twice, you can watch them do this from, from your own smartphone. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the um, one of the tools that we have coupled with the camera. It really adds that not only the reminder medication perspective from the pill dispensing, but it's also the adherence and the consumption of the medication that you can physically see an individual consuming their medication on the timely manner that the schedule is set at. And most of our cameras are also set with an intercom with a speaker and mic. So when you're dealing with family members, they're able to get the notification as well when the pill dispensing is, and they're able to open, they're able to open a session that's from wherever they may be, um, around the world and be able to connect with their loved ones, with their family, with their parents, and be able to say, Hey, mom, dad, it's your time. I'm watching you. You know, good job. You took your medication. So it's really bringing all the family, that social aspect back into an encouragement to follow routine. What kind of pricing are we talking, uh, you know, ballpark uh, for these types of systems? Yeah, we're, uh, we're constantly adding promotions. Um, we have the pill dispenser as an add-on, but we also, more importantly, also have it as a um, kit inside the uh, our solution. So you can basically get kit um, starting off at around $229, and we have a small monthly fee 
um, when you um, basically couple it with the solution along with the camera, um, it's an additional five, uh, four, you know, four ninety nine. The basic service is nine ninety nine compared to a lot of other solutions that are in the market that could be up anywhere between thirty to forty dollars for the same type of system. Now, George, we're based out here in Canada. Could people order this online and have it shipped to Canada? Absolutely, you can. You can. You can visit our website, home the number eight care dot com. Again, the the URL is home h o m e the number eight care c a r e dot com, and you can go directly to our e commerce our storefront and be able to order your devices for drop shipment. And you can activate the system once it's received. It's a simple. It's even pre configured from many of the packages that we sell today. George, uh, that's all the time we have. I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, obviously, so much to discuss here. We'll have to have you on again uh, in the future. Look forward to it. We're here to help educate and give you guys the support you guys need as well. George Perdomo, Senior Vice President over uh, at Home 8. I'm going to open up the phone lines. We're going to take your general tech calls and questions if you're having any issues with uh, your computer, your smartphone, uh, home theater stuff, digital cameras. We can help you out. 604-280-9898, the toll-free line anywhere in North America, one 399 9898 We'll take your calls after this. You're back with Mike and Annie here on Get Connected. Don't forget to visit our website, getconnectedmedia.com, and our Facebook page. Go to your Facebook, search for Get Connected Media, and that's where we have our contest now. Yes, and that's where you want to go. If you love tech, you want to see the latest gadget reviews, you've got to go to our Facebook page and like it. Just go into Facebook and search Get Connected Media, and you'll see it and like it. And our contest will come up regularly for you. So the contest this week, Andy. We're giving a fantastic contest. We're giving away an Asus Transformer Mini Convertible Laptop. This is both a tablet and a laptop in one. Allows you to, to do everything you would with a laptop, but gives you that portability of a tablet as well. You can undock it. That's why they call it a convertible. Even comes with a stylus. And got to give a shout out to the folks over at Intel Canada for donating this prize for us to give to you. All you have to do is go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com. And then from there, you can find our Facebook page or you can go directly to Facebook, Get Connected. Media is what you want to search in Facebook to find and enter and win the Asus Transformer Mini Convertible Laptop. Courtesy of Intel. The phone numbers, we're open line here taking your tech calls and questions, 604-280-9898, anywhere else in Canada. I'm going to jump here to Mike. Hey, Mike. Hi. Um, enjoying your show. Thank you. Um, I've got a laptop running on Windows 10 and uh, got a lot of pictures stored on it, and I'd like to be able to show those pictures on friends on my flat screen tv is i've got a i've got apple uh an apple what do you call it the apple uh tv no not apple tv but the uh apple the little black box oh it's an apple tv box yeah yeah okay yeah, yeah just a little box and uh is there a way to do that i, I have wireless and all that stuff yeah are, are do you have an iphone and all that kind of stuff too yes yeah so so, yeah, it's really coming down to ecosystems now, isn't it, Andy? It is. Uh, whether you're like uh, Apple uh, or Android. Uh, what you want to do is uh, you can set up uh, your iCloud account on your Windows 10 machine and have all your photos there. And essentially, through your Apple TV then, um, you share the same account, basically. Uh, you'll be able to access all those photos through the, uh, the little photo uh, app. 
Yes. So which is cool. instead of having like a direct connection from your laptop to your television, what you do is you have those photos, it goes up into the cloud, and then your Apple TV will connect, have that same cloud connection, and then be able to put it on your TV. Of course, the other more uh, simpler way is if you just take an HDMI out from your laptop directly into your television, then it really turns your TV into a big screen or a second screen for your laptop. And then you can just go, say you have them all in like a file folder or in, in your um, Windows 10 machine, you can then show people from there. So there's two different options, the direct way and also the cloud way. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Mike... Uh it's the weekend. You've got a little bit of time on your hands. Uh, just Google uh, iCloud Photos, uh, Windows 10. Uh, it'll give you instructions on how to set that up on your uh, laptop or your computer. And uh, once it's all set up, it'll sync all your photos up into the cloud. You might have to buy a little extra cloud storage if you've got a lot of photos, but uh, it's, it's pretty cheap, actually. I think another 50 gigs is like 2 bucks a month. Uh, to, to store it all. And, and why wouldn't you? Because then you have peace of mind knowing your, your photos are, are backed up. Uh, but the cool thing is that you can then uh, use your Apple TV with the photo app that's on the Apple TV and just look at all those photos. Really simple. Even have it doing slideshows. Uh, you can also have the photos from your iPhone up there too. So it's kind of cool. Well, that's the, that's the benefit of when you go up to the cloud, Mike, is that you can take photos, say, from your trip on your iPhone and they're automatically be up in the cloud so that when you get home, you can show everybody without having to do much work. Yeah, it's kind of challenging now, Andy. Like, uh, just all the photos I'm taking now with my smartphone. Before, I'd use a regular camera, but uh, I'm, I'm using that less and less now because the iPhone, I got the iPhone 7, uh, just takes brilliant photos. It like, does. all these new smartphones do. So uh, now I've got all these phones, uh, photos on my phone. They're up in the cloud. It's kind of sometimes challenging to keep track of it all. Well, you know that new gadget that we just got into the uh, office, the Nix Play um, photo frame? Oh, my God. I'm getting that. I know. I know. As soon as I so saw that, I was like, explain we need two thing, of them Andy. because yeah. Mike's going to take one home. <laughs> Essentially, it's a photo, the digital photo frame. And what you do is you connect it with your social accounts or your cloud accounts. From there, the photos that you take on your phone, once they go up to the cloud, they automatically will go and start showing through like a slideshow on this f digital photo frame. Yes. It is fantastic if you have like, say, grandparents. You could set this up. You take kids of your, you take pictures of their grandkids. And even if they don't even live in the same city, they can see these live new photos all the time while they're just sitting at the living room. It is amazing. And it's funny. I, I gave my parents uh, something like this probably five years ago, six years ago. It was a Kodak yeah. uh, digital frame. They're no longer uh, around now, really, anymore. But this, this photo frame was ahead of its time. It uh, connected to the internet. You could hook in your, uh, your Facebook account. And then all the, the, the photos from Facebook or the other cloud accounts that you could access would just automatically appear there. Yeah. And I've been looking for something like that. Uh, but what's this thing called again? It's called one? Nick's Play. So N-I-K... P-L-A-Y. you got to check it out. Uh, I'm really looking forward to, to reviewing it. And you'll see it on our show very soon. We just got it in, so we haven't done the actual review, but we already got it set up, and uh, it's fantastic. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we'll uh, take a, a few more calls. Kent, hang on the line. You're next. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here taking a few more calls here on uh, the show. Uh, got, I think, Kent on the line. Kent, are you there? Hello, how are you? Good. What can we do for you? Uh, quick question. What's your take on this uh, Samsung's new foldable smartphone that's coming out later this year? And do you think it would be a dead tech on arrival? Interesting. Uh, we have seen uh, 
I guess, prototypes of this type of phone from Samsung and I think a few other vendors when we go down to the Consumer Electronics Show uh, in Vegas every year. Uh, I've seen this for two years now. Uh, so, you know, if they can bring this to market, it'll be interesting. So essentially, it's a phone that has, uh, you know, a screen, uh, but you can fold it like a flip phone mm-hmm. and you open it up and then you've got a giant screen. Yeah. So I, I don't know, Andy. Like, it just depends how good the screen well, is. Well, here's, here's one thing I'll say. And how durable I, I'll, it is. I'll never... Um, like turn down a company that's trying to be innovative yeah like trying new things because if you look at the typical smartphone today they all look the same yes so companies whenever they're experimenting like uh moto that's now owned by lenovo they have those moto mods yes uh, where you can attach different accessories to the back of your phone yeah that i give them a lot of credit because they're they're experimenting the price point's a little high but at least they're trying to innovate yes so we don't know if this is going to be a hit or not or dead on arrival you have we have to try it out but uh, i learned something actually at the bc tech segment there's a company called huawei big asian uh telephone manufacturer make a lot of phones i think they're number one in china he was telling me that samsung doesn't make any money on their phones all their money comes is from the screens because all the competitors or or the memory inside yeah they they buy the components from samsung so that's where their bread and butter is they just have a phone because they need to have one but uh that's not really where the money comes from it's from supplying the screens so if this foldable works i'm sure they're going to license it out to everyone else because they have a vested interest in doing so yeah so kent your question is this uh you know tech dead on arrival Uh, yet to be seen like I'm always apprehensive about buying the first generation of yes. something that unique because, uh, you know, things go wrong. Yes. Uh, but it's fascinating. Like, I mean, that would, uh, if it works and the screen is durable and of good quality, uh, definitely reduce the size uh, of the phone in your pocket. Yeah. Right? And and they already have this technology. They said in the future the phones are going to be like little fruit roll-ups where you just roll it, yes. put it in your pocket, and then you roll it uh, apart, and then you can take calls. If that happens, that display technology once it, we get there who knows what we could see you're gonna you're, you'll see tvs that you could just roll up you know at home or hang that's on exciting the wall. well you know that new lg tv how thick is that thing oh like, it was like a couple millimeters thick. yeah it was amazing you just mount it on the on the wall with magnets yeah essentially and you got a 4k it's weird. It kind of almost peels off the wall that's right it, it's, and again i just wonder but you know obviously the durability is important on these things yes like when you start folding and bending screens i mean they've got to be pretty Pretty tough. Exactly. So we we just got to try it out before we can uh, comment if it's going to be dead on a row or not. The contest one more time, Andy. We're giving away the Asus Transformer Mini Convertible Laptop. If you need a tablet, if you need a laptop, this, my friends, is the perfect <laughs> prize for you. It has everything you would need in a laptop and in a tablet. It's got a touch screen. It even comes with a stylus. Uh, it's all courtesy of our friends over at Intel Canada. You just go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com to enter and win. And don't forget to also enter on Facebook. Just go into Facebook, uh, search Get Connected Media. You'll find it, like our show, and then enter to win. Looks like that's all the time we have left for today's program. I want to thank everyone that puts the show together, including Andy, my co-host and producer, and the rest of the Get Connected team uh, back at the office. We will see you again next week.